Hello and welcome to another episode of the Small Town Tourist Podcast, where we experience and explore everything that makes small towns great. I'm your host, Abby Graves, and today I am taking you along with me to a place that I have been wanting to go for a while, and I finally did it, and I am so glad that I did. We are heading to Babbitt's Wine Bar, located in Sauk Center, Minnesota. Now, this is a place that just opened last year. My mother-in-law went right after it opened, and she's like, hey, you got to check this place out. It's super cool. Well, I just don't make it to Sauk Center as much as I would like to. And my friend Brenna was in town recently visiting from out of state and she found out about it. And she went one night and she's like, okay, when we get together, we are going here. And we made a girl's day of it. And we went and it was just fabulous. It's such a cool place because it's nice and cozy. It's not like, you, you know, when you walk into a busy bar and there's just a lot going on. Well, this place, you walk in and you feel like you're stepping into your best friend's house. It's just nice, cozy, welcoming. You can sit down and have a great glass of wine, get caught up on everything. It is awesome. Plus, the vibe is just immaculate. It is floor to ceiling books on one wall. There's all these cool antiques and it's just a great homage to Sinclair Lewis, which I think is definitely needed in the town of Sock Center, which is where he grew up. So I'm taking you along with me to Babbitt's Wine Bar in Sock Center. We're talking with the owner, Allison, and she's going to share her story on how Babbitt's came to be and a little bit more about everything in the space and what it all has to offer. So please enjoy our time hanging out with Allison from Babbitt's Wine Bar. Okay, so we will start this how I have everyone start this podcast. I'm going to have you give your name, where you're from, and what you do. Hi, my name is Allison Schlitzky. I live in Sauk Center, Minnesota, and I own a small wine bar here called Babbitt's. And that is actually where we're recording today. So if the audio sounds just a little bit different, it's because we are recording in Babbitt's, which is just the coolest place. I was introduced to this by my friend Brenna, who was staying in Sock Center with her fiance's family. And she's like, I found the coolest place. We got to go check it out. So she brought me here last Friday. We had a girl's day and I met Allison as she was working here on a Friday night. And I just, I knew we had to have this story shared on the podcast. So I'm glad that this worked out. Well, thank you. Thank you. So let's get into Babbitt's and kind of how it started because you're not originally from Sock Center, right? Correct. No, my husband and I, I moved up here, oh, I'd say six years ago. My husband retired. He was a machinist in St. Louis Park and owned a business for 30 years. And when he retired, he wanted to be on a lake where he could fish every day and ice fish, you know, lake fish and ice fish. And one February, he drove me up to Sauk Center. And uh, not the best time to look for a lake, but if you're an ice fisher, then you know what you're looking for. And we looked at a couple places and decided this was it. We settled here and uh, we had a trailer on the lake that we lived in for a couple years while we figured out what we wanted to build for a house. And at one point that was all starting to go and I sold the trailer on Craigslist. We split it apart and off it went to Aiken and we moved into our house. And at that point we realized we were going to be here forever. And what were we missing? What did we miss that we had when we lived in the city for all those years? And after much discussion, we realized we missed a quiet place to go have a glass of wine. And that's really how this ball all got rolling. 
So um, once we decided that's what we were going to do, open a small wine bar, we started to look for properties in town that would be appropriate for this. We didn't want it to be too big, and we didn't want it to be too small. And we first made an offer to the barber shop, and our barber is not ready to retire, and he's 93. <laughs> Uh, and then one day we were standing on a corner and we saw a funny pink building down one of the side streets and we thought well that's interesting what could that possibly be and we looked at it only to discover that many years ago it was a restaurant and it had just been laid to rest for a while and nothing had really happened to it so I looked up the tax records figured out who owned it made some inquiring notes around town who might have it and found out who it was, and I sent him off a letter. And a week later, I gave him a call, and he said, sure, I'm happy to sell it. Tell me what you want to pay. I'm like, oh, it doesn't really work that way, but um, (laughs) it it is what it is. And I made him an offer back, and I said, I'd like to use this attorney in town. And he said, yep, Anne is great. And I walked over there in five minutes, and she wrote up an agreement, and the building became ours. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) crazy for something to happen so quickly and that's the joy of a small town once again it was lovely yeah um from there then um, from there we had to proceed with everything we didn't know about owning a bar a liquor license insurance building it what we were going to do but we got through all that pretty quickly because again it's great to be in a small town but the building itself it seemed Odd to me, there was nothing in Sauk Center to really honor Sinclair Lewis, famous author, the the first American author to get the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1930. And there's a great historic center, and there's a his home is here, and that is beautiful as well. There's a writers' conference in the fall for Sinclair Lewis. There's Sinclair Lewis Days, which are coming up, which are all about the town. But there was nothing really that represented who he was and what that era was that he grew up and lived in. So I had an idea to kind of create a 1920s bar library type of theme. And um, we took off. We have a great a draftsman that we use in Sauk Rapids, Tony Steineman. And I gave him my layout of what I wanted. And Tony came back and said, yep, I can do that. So we started down our project. A bar is definitely a 1920s feel with old books and some antiques and just that history period type of things. Most of it is decorated with uh, books and books that I have collected from people all over, all over the place. My biggest collection is from my brother who lives in Sacramento and he found a a state sale on Craigslist, which said free books. So he packed his car and away he went. And it was two college professors that had died. And they had a collection beyond belief. They were from Davis, Berkeley, Stanford, and Sacramento, UC Sac. And he just kept sending me boxes and boxes of books. I have ledger books. I have medical books that I've looked at that the pictures are, I have to take the books off because the pictures are too much. (laughs) Um, I have a great book that is Crops in War and Peace, written for Sacramento in 1950. Um, I have a collection of Edgar Allan Poe books that one of um, the founding fathers in town here gave me. I have a great collection of Shakespeare just all sorts of interesting things. I think my favorite, I have two favorite books. One is an Alice in Wonderland with illustrations, and that was printed in 1922, I think. 
And then a few weeks ago, my sister-in-law from Pine River gave me a Bible that was gifted to someone in 1872. In it, I thought it was German. And in fact, someone last week um, said, no, this is definitely Swedish. And there is someone in town that can um, will be able to translate some of that in Swedish for me. Yeah, it's it's incredible. That's it's, insane. Yeah. That was one of my questions I wanted to ask you. Where did all of these cool books come from? Because that's the first thing you notice when you walk in is like, oh, this just feels like someone's cozy home library. And it's just beautiful how you have them displayed. Thank you. Yeah, if I had a library at home, this is where I'd want to be. And I read enough stories from the 1920s and 30s to get the feel and to know what it is and to, you know, see that. And, you know, you've seen enough movies that you know. Yeah, they are, um, it's a mixture. There's some Anne Rice up there who's modern. I have a lot of um, just Minnesota writers in general. And they've all been either gifted to me or I've picked them up at garage sales, at library sales. Gifts. I've had two gifts of encyclopedias, collections, which no one really looks at anymore, but they're really fun to have. And we'll take them out and we'll take a look at them and I'll leave some on the table for people to look at. It makes no difference what anyone looks at or takes down. These are books. They need to be looked at. This is our only history. You know, the internet could go down tomorrow, but we'll still have these here to look at. Exactly. There's just something about, a, they just don't bind books like they used to, no. too, because I'm thinking about my own personal book collection at home, and yeah, it's colorful and fun, but there's just something about looking at this wall of literally floor-to-ceiling books that are just gorgeously bound, and it just makes you want to grab one off the shelf and start thumbing through it. doesn't matter what it's about. It does. I learned through the years that the books, the earlier books from the 20s, from the 1800s and the 20s, diff- very different paper making process and very heavy. And the book binding's heavy and the covers are heavy. Um, it is just really the difference in them. And some of them have been in basements for a while and they smell, but that that's a good smell. And it is, it is evaporating out and going away slowly but surely. And then I've been given other things from people, pictures of Sinclair Lewis, which are really interesting. I have a great acrylic of Sinclair Lewis that my brother did and we blew up. And um, the building itself was all local, everything local. Uh, the builder was from Freeport. The construction is the construction companies from Melrose. The cabinet makers are out of Cold Spring. It's all that, and then everything else I can do that ties back to these communities that are so great. I do everything on my menu is as local as I can get. We use Schaefer's for you know, our, our meat and cheese platters. We use a redheaded creamery for that. I use a Minnesota olive oil company. I use the ugly cheesecake company up in Brainerd, another small town. As much as we can do to stay local is just wonderful. I just picked up basil today from the Northland Vertical Gardens. And is that over in Browerville? Browerville, yes. Yeah, I She's just wonderful. found out about them. Yeah. She's very interesting. She was at the farmer's market today. Erin oh, awesome. is her name. Yeah, you have to go see her. Oh my gosh. That's so great that you're making this such a locally based business because I feel like that's something that went away for a long time. Everyone was just like, ship it in, whatever, who cares? But now I feel like after COVID, one of the good things to come out of it is everyone is focusing more on their communities because they're spending more time here because we were forced to for a year and now they're like, wait a minute, we like where we're at. (laughs) I do. I think that's really changed that. I agree. People are coming out of their houses uh, once again and they don't want to venture too far and they realize, well, everything we really needed is right here. And this town is a lovely town with lots of things to do and lots of great people. I call it the friendly town. Everyone waves. 
you'll go down the street and everyone gives you the finger wave or the steering wheel or something else. And it's just delightful. And there's always something to do. I knew that this was needed also. When we went to our concerts, we have concerts every Wednesday in the park at the band shell. And we were sitting there one day and I went, there are a hundred people here that I have never seen around town in our little bars that we love to go to. And I thought there's, there's an opportunity here for something. And that's when we also decided that this would be the right, the right move for the town. So we're only open, you know, um, Wednesday through Saturday, and we close at nine o'clock because nothing good happens after nine. My dad um, has always said that to me, <laughs> and I live by it to this know, day. It does. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm uh, during the summer. I'm open on Tuesday nights, but I even close at eight. And uh, during the winter, we're gonna. Uh, I use Tuesday nights for community events. If a book club wants to come in, someone who wants to use it outside of the regular, and we have a great Bible study that comes in. It's why women worship and wine. Pretty fun. That's and awesome. Have a great time. Yeah. How did you guys come up with the name Babbitts? Oh, Babbitts was very interesting. I started to read the Sinclair Lewis books, and his Nobel Prize was for a collection of five books that he did. Main Street was the first, Babbitts, Elmer Gantry, Dodsworth, and Aerosmith. And I looked at all of those things, and I really wanted to pay homage to him. And Main Street was not the right title for it. Aerosmith would automatically be a rock and roll band. Yeah. The other two didn't do it. Elmer Gantry, um, you know, the the Bible-thumping preacher was probably not the right thing. (laughs) And Babbitt's really became relevant to what it was. He had a midlife crisis. He was doing everything he was supposed to do, working, supporting his family, belonging to communities. And one day he woke up and went, I don't want to do this anymore. I, why do I have to do what everyone tells me I have to do? And he kind of took a, a funny little leap and had some incidences with his friends and his family and his business. And after all that kind of came to a head, he realized, well, what my conformity was was not so bad. It was lovely, and I had a lovely life and with lovely people. And luckily the town embraced him back in and his family did, and life got back to a good place for him. By no means my husband and I having a midlife crisis, but it does seem like that at times, and it's the craziest crisis that we've ever had. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, and our town is uh, welcoming. And next week will be our one-year anniversary, and we're all ramping up for Sinclair Lewis Days, which is a very large festival for us, Uh, the 12th to the 15th, long, long day, a long, a long festival. But a lot of fun with a a large parade on Saturday night, which um, we were all ready for last year. We had a Roaring Twenties float and flappers, and the storm came and canceled it. Oh, that's right. There was that bad storm. it was terrible. It was terrible. This year, the theme is a town for all seasons, and uh, I have picked winter, much to my family's dismise, (laughs) and we are having an ice fishing float. So uh, if you see children with cardboard fish, you know that's us. That's awesome. But you know what? How many other people are going to be picking winter for a summer parade? So you guys are going to stand out in the best way possible. I hope we are. (laughs) I hope we are. It is. It's a lot of fun. So That's great. How was the chalk festival out here? As I pulled up today, I saw kind of the remnants of all the artwork on the street. Uh, Again, we've had 30 days of no rain. And the chalk festival started last Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and the rains came. But they are, they're, um, you know, they're artists, and they had laid their chalk work out, they had sealed it, and they had put plastic on it, and it made it through um, all the way to the end. And now you can still go down Main Street when the light changes, and then you can see what's on there, because the 3D rendering ones are just fabulous. I have this large 
Mandela out here, which could be kids could come in and fill and do anything that they want to do. And it was really fun. Yeah, it's a great, um, it's a great event. And it just brings creativity to everyone. And anyone can do it and try it. And if you don't like it, water on it and it's gone away exactly it's sidewalk chalk it's sidewalk it's chalk. meant to be fun and lighthearted and make people smile it is it is and these drawings outside of our building have just been beautiful so i can't i can't argue with that yeah and it, you guys had a great turnout here for that duration of time you i were, assume i mean it was like right here yes so. yes we had a um, bonus friday and saturday night um which we do we still have nice bonus nights already for friday and saturday and that was just even more so so lots of fun lots of fun people are so happy to come in and sit down and relax or sit outside and relax it's just it's everything i was hoping it would be for the town you guys so. have such a great vibe in here. Like, you just step in and you're like, oh, this just feels like hanging out in your best friend's kitchen and just having a glass of wine and chit-chatting. Like, going to a bar, you're expecting loud, you're expecting music, dark. In here, sure, when the sun's down, it's a little dark, but it's just a nice warm lighting. It's inviting. you got these gorgeous windows yeah. all around. It's just awesome. It is. And that's what we were hoping for. We like to entertain and I like to have company. And this is the best way to have a party all the time, a cocktail party. And then you leave and go home. Mm -hmm. So it's easy and it's fun and everyone really enjoys their time that they spend here. I had a killer Riesling and a fantastic oh. Moscato when I was here. Where, where are you guys getting your wine from? I have a fabulous wine distributor that I met at the University of Minnesota. Uh, they have a, There's a wine club, a wine education club down there. And I went one night, and there was this distributor there called New France Wines. And I just clicked with them automatically, and I said, I'm opening a wine bar. Do you know of someone? And he said, well, yeah, we have a rep in your territory. I have to give you a call. And the following week, a lovely woman called me and she said, my manager asked me to call you because there's a wine bar in Sock Center. And she said, I live in Sock Center and there's not a wine bar. I'm like, well, give me six months and there'll be one. <laughs> and that just changed everything. That changed everything for what we were doing. Um, they're a, a wonderful, unique supplier that serves... Um, uh, just imported wines and um, unique things, unique things you can't find anywhere else. And she has a wonderful taste for it and a nose and education and knowledge of it that I learn something new each time she brings something in and tries something. That's amazing. And now we are taking a new adventure. We're taking another leap of faith. We are going to be adding bourbon to our wine list. Oh my gosh. I have some friends that are going to love that. It, it, it'll it be very fun. We'll start softly in July and in September, then we'll go to tastings and we'll move forward. So, And we're only going to be offering flights and bourbon neat or on, on the rocks. Uh, no cocktails. I do have a signature cocktail coming. I take that back. But that will be, once we get a little further down the road, we have a really good cocktail that we're going to bring in that combines wine and bourbon. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I have some friends that are going to be over the moon to hear this news because they're big bourbon fans and they're picky about it too. They so. are, they are. <laughs> and there are a lot of bourbon, underground bourbon clubs and things like that, and uh, so they'll be there. They've asked, uh, our building is very old. I'll go back to the building. The building was built in 1937 uh, for a dry cleaner, a dry cleaner that was dry cleaning in his home, and the city father said, no, you cannot dry clean in your home. You have to have a building. So he built this building. 
uh, and it was a dry cleaner for many years, and that that ended. And then um, there was a a tavern downtown called John's Place, where the older gentlemen met in the morning for coffee and cards and breakfast and, you know, smart talk and all those things through lunch. And that there was a fire in that, so they lost their spot there. But they then moved John's Place to this building. And John made what I've been told are the best roast beef sandwiches in the world because people still come in and ask me, are you going to make roast beef sandwiches? I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm so sorry I'm not. Um and uh, it was very well known for that. And a number of people come in now and say, oh, my grandparent, my grandfather took me into John's place because women were not um, allowed in there at all. And uh, so that's a fun, a fun part of the building. Along with that, um, the building literally is a bomb shelter below us. Uh, in the corner, there is a huge cast iron furnace that was brought in for the dry cleaners. So they poured the basement floor, they built the walls, they dropped in the cast iron furnace, and then poured the ceiling, uh, which we have now put our foundation on. Uh, the entrance to it is through the bathroom because it's a it's a small stairway, and it's a stairway that goes down, and it would be it could be a speakeasy, but unfortunately, it's only six foot two. And there's only one entrance, so that would be obviously a yeah, bad fire. Yeah, fire marshal's cook. not um, going to be okay with not that. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. But it's a great building with some good history to it. Um, I keep waiting to see if Sinclair Lewis will pop in here someday. You never know. We've had a few books fall over at times that we think are kind of a mystery, but that may just be bad setting. <laughs> well, and you're also on the same block as Palmer House, which yes. is historically and famously haunted. Yes, so ghosties don't have far to travel. They don't. They don't. And these buildings are all connected underneath under, um, with some tunnels, not my building, but the ones across the street and the other ones. Because part of you know the, the prohibition was that um, Minnesota 13 in Stearns County. And there's a lot of that that still roams around in the area of people that kind of know where this is and kind of know where that is. And, and Sock Center is a crossroads, you know, for going north and going east and west. And it, it, there's a lot to the city that I learn about every day that I'm just amazed at. It's a little town with big character. Yeah, it is. It is. That's so cool. Yeah, so you've had some, like, books and stuff kind of tipping over We've every now and then? books tip over. Um, I see some misplaced right now that are just some strange things. Our lights dim a little bit, but that could be, you know, electrical wiring. Who knows there? But you never know. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel haunted, but it doesn't feel alone. I never feel that there's some... there's. There's anything malicious in here. It's not a negative energy. No, that's what it is. It's not negative at all. No, no, not at all. Not at all. It's good to have the good ghosts watching out it for is, you. It is, it is, <laughs> it is, it is, it is. And it's located right off of Main Street down towards the Bandshell into the lake. So I can see the lake from here, as a matter of fact. And uh, we have boat docks down there, so t- lots of people boat, boat up and um, dock and walk up and have a glass of wine. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of fun. It is not a far walk at all. No, not at all. No. Yeah, no. when um, when I describe it to people, they're like, so where is this place? I'm like, you can see the Bayon Shell from there. And they're like, oh, that road. Okay, yeah, I can find yeah. it from there. Yes, Oak Street, <laughs> Oak Street. Yes, yes. Yeah, and Sock Center is always going under transformation. There's always something new happening, whether it's renovating an old building or building something magical new out in our business park. It's very fun to see what's going on. And this, the founding fathers and the new generation are really involved in it. It's just great to see. 
It's awesome. I love, you can drive down some main streets in some smaller towns and you see a lot of empty buildings and it's really sad, but you drive down main street in Sock Center and the buildings are full. People are coming in and out of them. It's so refreshing to see. It is. It is. And you know, people are coming back. I'm just amazed at all the people that come back and I can see why. It's a lovely place to live and um, one stoplight. You can't beat that. You really can't. So as we kind of wrap this up here, uh, so your plans for future adding bourbon, any other thing you kind of got your eyes set on, like five-year, 10-year down the road? Boy, um, no, I'd like to keep it as is. I'd like to have it just be a lovely place where people come in and have a nice glass of wine. It's, uh, it's a, as I've said before, it's a place for you to connect with yourself, with your friends and your community. And I don't want to get any bigger, don't want to get any smaller. We'll just keep it as is, and, you know, we'll change our food as we can. Um, But there's other great restaurants in town that, you know, have lots of food as well. We focus on our wines and changing those out. Uh, We'll start some wine tastings in the fall and some bourbon tastings in the fall. I like to bring in a different grape. Uh, you know, to try, we're all, you know, used to Cabernet and a Pinot Grigio and a Chardonnay grape. And there are thousands of grapes that people don't know about. And we brought in one earlier this year we still have called Nira de Avlo from Sicily. And it's just a lovely dark tobacco-y, dark cherry grape. And I've gone through lots of Nira de Avlo and it's gone. So I have to I have to change over, but we'll figure out something just as delightfully tasteful as that was. Well, it's so cool that you're expanding people's horizons because yeah, you do kind of find the wine that you like and you go to the liquor store and that's just the one you get and you don't branch out, but you're giving people an opportunity to try new things without committing to a whole bottle. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you'll have to come back and try the Vino Verde, a little bit lighter than the Moscato, but just has a little sparkle to it. Ooh. Yes. So we'll have that for the summer. It's very fun. That sounds fantastic. It is. It is delightful. That's so great. So where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at babbittswinebar.com on Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn, there should be a profile for Babbitt's Wine Bar, and my name is Allison Schlitzke. You'll see that there. And the Sock Center Chamber of Commerce does an awesome job of promoting Sock Center and all things around here. And their face, their Facebook page would be Chamber of Commerce Sock Center. And you can find everything about Sock Center, including the Sinclair Lewis Days coming up. We are also the host to Stearns County Fair. So that'll be coming in the end of July, and we'll have a lot of things going on for that. I will be here every single day of the fair, so I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Awesome. Allison, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Well, Abby, thank you so much for stopping in and enjoying our our little wine bar here. I'm going to end up being a regular. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Small Town Tourist Podcast. I'm your host, Abby. Our theme song is Queen of Our Hometown by Rachel McIntyre-Smith. You can stream it wherever you listen to music. And be sure you follow Rachel on her social media channels at Rachel McIntyre-Smith. Check out her website, rachelmcintyresmith.com. If you're looking for more content from the Small Town Tourist, you can find me online at the Small Town Tourist on Instagram and Facebook. You can also check out the blog, thesmalltowntourist.com.